scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012 Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software. Welcome to Day 5 of Week 7 of the Daily Bible Reading. Today we're in Leviticus chapters 4 through 7, as well as Hebrews chapter 4. But before we begin, let's say a prayer. Our Holy Father, we are so grateful that, that you have provided a way for us to rest for eternity with you. We pray that we would be diligent to enter into that rest, that we would trust you, that we would obey you in everything that you tell us. We thank you for the great high priest that we have in Jesus, and we pray that we would always be those that he would be interceding for because of our faith in him. We pray this in his name. Amen. All right, well, let's begin the reading in Leviticus chapter 4. Then Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the Israelites, saying, If any person sins by an unintentional wrong from any of Yahweh's commands that should not be violated, and he violates any of them, if the anointed priest sins, bringing guilt on the people, then concerning the sin that he has committed, he shall bring a young bull without defect for Yahweh as a sin offering. He shall bring the bull to the tent of assembly's entrance before Yahweh, place his hand on the bull's head, and slaughter the bull before Yahweh. The anointed priest shall take some of the bull's blood and shall bring it to the tent of assembly, and the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and shall spatter some of the blood seven times before Yahweh in front of the sanctuary's curtain. The priest shall put some of the blood on the horns of the altar of fragrant incense before Yahweh, which is in the tent of assembly, and all the rest of the bull's blood he must pour out on the base of the altar of the burnt offering, which is at the entrance of the tent of assembly. He must remove all the fat from the bull of the sin offering, the fat that covers the inner parts, and all of the fat that is on the inner parts, the two kidneys, and the fat that is on them, and the liver's lobe that he must remove in addition to the kidneys. Just as it is removed from the ox of the fellowship offering sacrifice, and the priest shall turn them into smoke on the altar of the burnt offering. But the bull's skin and its meat, in addition to its head, its lower leg bones, its inner parts, and its offal, he shall carry all of the bull outside the camp to a ceremonial clean place, to the fatty ashes dump, and he shall burn it on wood in the fire. It must be burned up on the fatty ashes dump. If Israel's whole assembly did wrong unintentionally, and the matter was concealed from the assembly's eyes, and they acted against any of Yahweh's commands that should not be violated, so that they incur guilt. When the sin that they have committed against the command becomes known, the assembly shall present a young bull as a sin offering, and they shall bring it before the tent of assembly. And the elders of the community shall place their hands on the bull's head before Yahweh, and he shall slaughter the bull before Yahweh. Then the anointed priest shall bring some of the bull's blood to the tent of assembly, and the priest shall dip his finger in the blood, and he shall spatter it seven times before Yahweh in front of the curtain. He must put some of the blood on the altar's horns before Yahweh in the tent of assembly, and all the rest of the blood he must pour out on the base of the altar of the burnt offering, which is at the tent of assembly's entrance. He must remove all its fat from it, and he shall turn it into smoke on the altar. He shall do to the bull, just as he did to the sin offering's bull, so he must do to it. The priest shall make atonement for them, and they will be forgiven. He shall bring the rest of the bull outside the camp, 
and he shall burn it, just as he burned the first bull. It is the sin offering for the assembly. When a leader sins and commits an unintentional wrong against any of the commands of Yahweh his God that should not be violated, so that he incurs guilt, or his sin he has committed is made known to him, he shall bring a male goat without defect as his offering. He shall place his hand on the he-goat's head and slaughter it in the place where he slaughtered the burnt offering before Yahweh. It is a sin offering. The priest shall take some of the sin offering's blood with his finger, and he shall put it on the horns of the altar of the burnt offering. And he must pour out the rest of its blood on the base of the altar of the burnt offering. He must turn all of its fat into smoke on the altar like the fat of the fellowship offering sacrifice. And the priest shall make atonement for him because of his sin, and he will be forgiven. If any one of the people of the land sins by an unintentional wrong, by violating one of Yahweh's commands that should not be violated, so that he incurs guilt, or his sin he has committed is made known to him, he shall bring as his offering a female goat without defect as his offering for his sin that he committed. He shall place his hand on the sin offering's head and slaughter the sin offering in the place of the burnt offering. The priest shall take some of its blood with his finger, and he shall put it on the horns of the altar of the burnt offering, and he must pour out all the rest of its blood on the altar's base. He must remove all of its fat, just as the fat was removed from the fellowship offering sacrifice, and the priest shall turn it into smoke on the altar, as an appeasing fragrance for Yahweh. The priest shall make atonement for him, and he will be forgiven. But if he brings a lamb as his offering for a sin offering, he must bring a female without defect. He shall place his hand on the sin of offering's head, and he shall slaughter it as a sin offering in the place where he slaughtered the burnt offering. The priest shall take some of the sin offering's blood with his finger, and he shall put it on the horns of the altar of the burnt offering, and he must pour out all of the rest of its blood on the altar's base. He must remove all of its fat, just as the lamb's fat from the fellowship offering sacrifice was removed, and the priest shall turn them into smoke on the altar upon Yahweh's offerings made by fire. And the priest shall make atonement for him because of his sin that he committed, and he will be forgiven. Chapter 5 When a person sins in that he hears the utterance of a curse, and he is a witness, or he sees, or he knows, if he does not make it known, then he shall bear his guilt. Or if a person touches anything unclean, whether an unclean wild animal's dead body, or an unclean domestic animal's dead body, or an unclean swarmer's dead body, but he is unaware of it, he is unclean and he is guilty. Or when he touches human uncleanness, namely any uncleanness of his by which he might become unclean, but he is unaware of it, and he himself finds out, then he will be guilty. Or when a person swears, speaking thoughtlessly with his lips to do evil or to do good, with regard to anything that the person in a sworn oath speaks thoughtlessly, but he is unaware of it, he will be guilty in any of these. When he becomes guilty in any of these, he shall confess what he has sinned regarding it, and he shall bring his guilt offering to Yahweh for his sin that he has committed, a female from the flock, a ewe lamb, or a she-goat as a sin offering, and the priest shall make atonement for him for his sin. If he cannot afford a sheep, he shall bring as his guilt offering for what he sinned two turtle doves, or two young doves, for Yahweh, one for a sin offering and one for a burnt offering. 
he shall bring them to the priest, and he shall present that which is for the sin offering first. And the priest shall wring its head off at the back of its neck, but he must not sever it. And he shall spatter some of the sin offering's blood on the altar's side, and the leftover blood must be drained out on the altar's base. It is a sin offering. The second bird he must prepare as a burnt offering, according to the regulation. And the priest shall make atonement for him for his sin that he has committed, and he shall be forgiven. But if he cannot afford two turtle doves or two young doves, then because he has sinned, he shall bring as his offering a tenth of an ephah of finely milled flour as a sin offering. He must not put oil on it, nor should he put frankincense on it, because it is a sin offering. He shall bring it to the priest, and the priest shall take a handful of it for its token portion, and he shall turn it into smoke on the altar, in addition to the offerings made by fire to Yahweh. It is a sin offering. Thus the priest shall make atonement for him because of the sin that he has committed in any of these, and he shall be forgiven. It shall be for the priest like the grain offering. Then Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, When a person displays infidelity, and he sins in any unintentional wrong in any of Yahweh's holy things, then he shall bring his guilt offering to Yahweh, a ram without defect from the flock, as a guilt offering by your valuation in silver shekels according to the sanctuary shekel. And he shall make restitution for what he sinned because of a holy thing, and shall add one-fifth of its value onto it, and shall give it to the priest. The priest shall make atonement for him with the ram of the guilt offering, and he will be forgiven. If a person, when he sins, violates from all of Yahweh's commandments that which should not be violated, but he did not know, then he is guilty, and he shall bear his guilt. He shall bring to the priest a ram without defect from the flock as a guilt offering by your valuation, and the priest shall make atonement for him because of his unintentional wrong, although he himself did not know, and he will be forgiven. It is a guilt offering. He certainly was guilty before Yahweh. Chapter 6 Then Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, When a person displays infidelity against Yahweh, and he deceives his fellow citizen regarding something entrusted, or a pledge, or stealing, or he exploits his fellow citizen, or he finds lost property and lies about it, and swears falsely in regard to any one of these things by which a person might commit sin, and when he sins and is guilty, then he shall bring back the things he had stolen, or what he had extorted, or something with which he had been entrusted, or the lost property that he had found, or regarding anything about which he has sworn falsely, then he shall repay it according to its value, and shall add one-fifth of its value to it. He must give it to whom it belongs on the day of his guilt offering, and he must bring as his guilt offering to Yahweh a ram without defect from the flock, by your valuation as a guilt offering to the priest, and the priest shall make atonement for him before Yahweh, and he shall be forgiven anything from all that he might do by which he might incur guilt. Then Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the regulation of the burnt offering. The burnt offering must remain on the hearth on the altar all night until the morning, and the altar's fire must be kept burning on it, and the priest shall put on his linen robe, and he must put his linen garments on his body, and he must take away the fatty ashes of the burnt offering that the fire has consumed on the altar, and he shall place them beside the altar. And he shall take off his garments, and put on other garments. And he shall bring out the fatty ashes outside the camp, 
to a ceremonially clean place, but the fire on the altar must be kept burning on it. It must not be quenched, and the priest must burn wood every morning on it, and he shall arrange the burnt offering on it, and he shall turn into smoke the fat portions of the fellowship offerings on it. A perpetual fire must be kept burning on the altar. It must not be quenched. And this is the regulation of the grain offering. Aaron's sons shall present it before Yahweh in front of the altar, and he in his fist shall take away from it some of the grain offering's finely milled flour, and some of its oil, and all of the frankincense that is on the grain offering, and he shall turn into smoke its token portion on the altar as an appeasing fragrance to Yahweh. And Aaron and his sons must eat the remainder of it. They must eat it as unleavened bread in a holy place. In the tent of assembly's courtyard they must eat it. It must not be baked with yeast. I have given it as their share from my offering made by fire. It is a most holy thing, like the sin offering and like the guilt offering. Every male among Aaron's sons may eat it as a lasting rule among your generations, from the offerings made by fire belonging to Yahweh. Anything that touches them will become holy. Then Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, this is the offering of Aaron and his sons that they shall present to Yahweh on the day of his being anointed, a tenth of an ephah of finely milled flour as a perpetual grain offering, half of it in the morning and half of it in the evening. It must be made in oil on a flat baking pan. You must bring it well mixed. You must present pieces of a grain offering's baked goods as an appeasing fragrance to Yahweh. And the anointed priest taking his place from among his sons must do it. As a lasting rule, it must be turned into smoke totally for Yahweh. And every grain offering of a priest must be a whole burnt offering. It must not be eaten. Then Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, This is the regulation of the sin offering. In the place where the sin offering is slaughtered, the sin offering must be slaughtered before Yahweh. It is a most holy thing. The priest who offers the sin offering must eat it in a holy place. In the tent of assembly's courtyard, anything that touches its flesh will become holy, and when some of its blood spatters on a garment, what was splattered on it you shall wash in a holy place. And a clay vessel in which it was boiled must be broken, but if it was boiled in a bronze vessel, then it shall be thoroughly scoured and rinsed with water. Any male among the priests may eat it. It is a most holy thing. But any sin offering from which some of its blood is brought to the tent of assembly, to make atonement in the sanctuary must not be eaten. It must be burned in the fire. Chapter 7 And this is the regulation of the guilt offering. It is a most holy thing. In the place where they slaughter the burnt offering, they must slaughter the guilt offering, and he must sprinkle its blood upon the altar all around. And he must present all of its fat, the fat tail and the fat that covers the inner parts, and the two kidneys and the fat that is on them, which is on the loins. And he must remove the lobe on the liver in addition to the kidneys. And the priest shall turn it into smoke on the altar as a burnt offering made by fire for Yahweh. It is a guilt offering. Every male among the priests may eat it. It must be eaten in a holy place. It is a most holy thing. The instruction is the same for the guilt offering as for the sin offering. It belongs to the priest who makes atonement with it. And the priest who presents a person's burnt offering, to that priest belongs the skin of the burnt offering that he presented. 
and every grain offering that is baked in the oven, and all that is prepared in a cooking pan or on a flat baking pan, belongs to the priest who presented it. And every grain offering, whether mixed with oil or dry, shall be for all of Aaron's sons equally. And this is the regulation of the fellowship offerings that he must present to Yahweh. If he presents it for thanksgiving, in addition to the thanksgiving sacrifice, he shall present ring-shaped unleavened bread mixed with oil, and unleavened bread wafers smeared with oil, and well-mixed ring-shaped bread cakes of finely milled flour mixed with oil. In addition to ring-shaped cakes of bread with yeast, he must present his grain offering together with his sacrifice of thanksgiving peace offerings. And he shall present one of each kind of grain offering as a contribution for Yahweh. It belongs to the priest who sprinkles the fellowship offering's blood, and the meat of the sacrifice of his thanksgiving fellowship offerings must be eaten on the day of his offering. He must not leave it until morning. But if his sacrifice is for a vow or as a freewill offering, it must be eaten on the day of his presenting his sacrifice. And on the next day the remainder from it may be eaten, but the remainder from the sacrifice's meat must be burned up in the fire on the third day. And if indeed some of the meat of his fellowship offering sacrifice is eaten on the third day, it will not be accepted. It will not be considered of benefit for the one who presented it. It shall be unclean meat, and the person who eats it shall bear his guilt. And the meat that touches anything unclean must not be eaten. It must be burned with fire. And as for the clean meat, any one who is clean may eat the meat. And the person who eats meat from the fellowship offering sacrifice, which is for Yahweh, and whose uncleanness is upon him, that person shall be cut off from his people. And when a person touches anything unclean, whether human uncleanness or an unclean animal or any unclean detestable thing, and he eats from the meat of the fellowship offering sacrifice, which is for Yahweh, then that person shall be cut off from his people. Then Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the Israelites, saying, You must not eat any fat of ox or sheep or goat, and a dead body's fat or mangled carcass's fat may be used for any purpose, but you certainly must not eat it. When anyone eats fat from the domestic animal from which he presented an offering made by fire for Yahweh, then that person who ate shall be cut off from his people. And in any of your dwellings you must not eat any blood belonging to birds or domestic animals. Any person who eats any blood, that person shall be cut off from his people. Then Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the Israelites, saying, The one who presents his fellowship offering sacrifice for Yahweh shall bring his offering to Yahweh from his fellowship offering sacrifice. His own hands must bring Yahweh's offering made by fire. He must bring the fat in addition to the breast section to wave the breast section as a wave offering before Yahweh. And the priest shall turn the fat into smoke on the altar, and the breast section shall be for Aaron and his sons. And the upper right thigh you must give as a contribution for the priest from your fellowship offering sacrifice. As for the one from Aaron's sons who presents the blood of the fellowship offerings and the fat, the right upper thigh shall belong to him as his share, because I have taken the wave offering's breast section and the contribution offering's upper thigh from the Israelites out of their fellowship offering sacrifices. And I have given them to Aaron the priest and his sons from the Israelites as a lasting rule. This is Aaron's allotted portion, and his sons allotted portion from Yahweh's offerings made by fire when he brought them forward to serve as priests for Yahweh. 
This is what Yahweh commanded to give them from the Israelites on the day of his anointing them. It is a lasting statute for their generations. This is the regulation for the burnt offering, for the grain offering, and for the sin offering, and for the guilt offering, and for the consecration offering, and for the fellowship offering sacrifice, which Yahweh commanded Moses on Mount Sinai on the day of his commanding the Israelites to present their offerings to Yahweh in the desert of Sinai. All right, now let's read Hebrews chapter 3. Therefore, holy brothers, sharers in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to the one who appointed him, as Moses also was in his household. For this one is considered worthy of greater glory than Moses, inasmuch as the one who builds it has greater honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but the one who built all things is God. And Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony to the things that would be spoken, but Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are, if we hold fast to our confidence and the hope we can be proud of. Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. In the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me by trial, and saw my works for forty years. Therefore I was angry with this generation, and I said, They always go astray in their heart, and they do not know my ways. As I swore in my anger, they will never enter into my rest. Watch out, brothers, lest there be in some of you an evil, unbelieving heart, with the result that you fall away from the living God. But encourage one another day by day, as long as it is called today, so that none of you become hardened by the deception of sin. For we have become partners of Christ, if indeed we hold fast the beginning of our commitment steadfast until the end, while it is said, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion. For who, when they heard it, were disobedient? Surely it was not all who went out from Egypt through Moses. And with whom was he angry for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose dead bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear they would not enter into his rest, except those who were disobedient? And so we see that they were not able to enter because of unbelief. All right. Well, one thing we noticed in Leviticus is that God holds people guilty even when they don't know that they're sinning. If we break God's law, we have sinned, whether we know it or not. Just because we're ignorant, that does not make us innocent. This is one reason why we want to keep learning what Christ has said, so that we won't be breaking his law ignorantly. But it's not always through ignorance that we sin. As we read in Hebrews, there are those who are simply rebellious, who have hardened their hearts. And we want to make sure we're not like that either. At the end of the chapter, he equates being disobedient with unbelief. And that's really why we disobey. It's because we don't believe God. And we need to work on our faith so that we will have confidence in him that what he said is the right thing and that he is always looking out for our best interests. And therefore, there is no reason for us to disobey him at all. Well, until next time, let's keep meditating on the word of God.